no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. We are a Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we will break down the Bears' Week 7 loss against the Los Angeles Rams and much more. Hey, Dub, man. The luck ran out on this team, man. How you doing there tonight, brother? I'm hanging in there, man. It was a tough loss today. I'm telling you, man, and this is the thing, too. On top of it, we were already being questioned for the start that we got off by the national media, right? And a lot of our fan base was saying, man, we're not getting the respect that we're deserving, right? But at the same time, I think the fans have to be honest with themselves and realize this team's been winning ugly all season, bro. And so I would say that that national media narrative is only going to ramp up even uh, louder this week. I can't wait to see what them guys are going to say on first take tomorrow. Oh, they got a lot to say about our line and everything else tomorrow. So um, we'll see. <laughs> well, man, before we uh, get into the, the nuts and bolts of the episode, for our audience, I wanted to recap um, some of our keys to the game that we brought up from last week, just to make sure that they can kind of see where our heads are at entering this game. And we can also kind of see how uh, how we measured up with uh, what went wrong today. The first key, A-Dub, was uh, we said that the Bears needed to protect the football. So we saw that Nick Foles had two interceptions in the game today. What were your thoughts there? Yeah, some tough um, interceptions there, man. And um, I thought with those um, happening, it really hurt us big time because we threw one that was uh, in the red zone that hurt big time. Yeah, man. And, and this is the thing, too. Uh, when you think about this with the way that the offense has struggled, and we'll get into that a little bit later on here, but you got to think about every mistake that you make, especially in a red zone type of scenario, is going to hurt you. And uh, we didn't protect the football today at all. The second area. And this is what I know we're going to really drill down on in this episode. We mentioned that in order for us to beat the Rams, we needed to establish the run game. Absolutely. We didn't get that today, but we definitely needed to establish one. And we really did. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just say this, man, A-Dub. This has been something that we've been keying on for a majority of the season. And it's just something that we still haven't been able to do. But I'll tell you, with any successful team, it's something that you need to be able to do. And that's another area that we just, we, we, didn't, we didn't answer the bill with, when it came to that. Right. And the thing is, we haven't really asked the bear with that in weeks. Yeah. If not, shit, even probably majority of the season, man, if, we're, if we look back on it. But yeah, man, it's, uh, it's been tough, man. It's been real tough when you look at that, the struggles there in that run game. The last key uh, that we brought up was taking opportunities to put points on the board, right? So, Correct. That's also another area that we saw that was kind of lacking in this game today. What, what were your thoughts there in that area? Oh, yeah, it was lacking big time. We couldn't get nothing at all really from the offense. All we got really from the offense was a field goal. That was it. Mm-hmm. 
And I would even say this, man. Uh, <laughs> we talked about um, our red zone inefficiency uh, in, in previous episodes, right? And the fact right. that, that we've had to settle for field goals instead of touchdowns. Well, guess what? In this game, I would have taken the field goals, personally. <laughs> we didn't get that. <laughs> I would have taken, taken anything we can get, man. <laughs> Seriously, the way our offense played today, I would take anything, man. Well, dude, so we, we lost 24 to 10. And we are going to drill down on this eulogy that was known as a week seven matchup against the Rams here. So, A-Dub, when you look into this game, what was the key moment for you? Because I'm not even going to call it, here comes the boom. What was your key moment of this ball game that led to us losing today? The key moment that led to us losing today? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> hey, man, there's a lot of key moments that led to us losing today. I think I will say we lost this game really in the first quarter to me. Because I was the reason why I say that because um, our first couple possessions, there were no room for error, right? And what I mean by that, we had a couple of plays that caused us to uh, lose that possession. For example, the first possession uh, we lost that with a Fetty's penalty, right? That pushed yep. us back to a third and long, and we couldn't do much at all with that drive. Yeah, I mean that's a good call out because on that drive, we actually were moving the ball. It was one of the, the, the things that I liked because they were playing with tempo, they were getting the ball out in the flat. And then damn it, Fetty with the, the penalty to set him back. And then we know the rest, the, the, the drive stall. Right, exactly. So it's been pretty much that kind of a, a night for us from that, from, that, from that beginning, from that start, I would say. I would say for me, when I look at it, there's a lot that we can drill down on, and I'm sure we're going to get into it. But the big, big key play for me was the Tyshawn Gibson. Instead of going for the pick, he batted the ball down. And I'm like, man, oh. In this secondary, when you got guys like Kyle Fuller and, 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 and Eddie Jackson, these guys are always looking for a takeaway. I'm like, bro, how are they coaching uh, him up back there? Because that was a missed opportunity, bro, because I'm looking at that like, you need to talk to Eddie uh, Jackson on how to be a playmaker, uh, Gibson, because we got to get that one. Because I'm like, at that point, all he had to do was catch that ball. He had nothing but green grass in front of him. And that could have been a tie game at that point in a ball game, just in my opinion. I know that that's a lot of pressure to put on the defense, but let's just be honest. Our defense is our best offense. So in that situation, man, I hope that Pagano drills down. Well, I totally agree with you on that standpoint. That was a big play, um, a big issue for us. He's supposed to pretty much caught that. Like you were right. He batted it down. He should have caught it. Let's be honest, A-Dub. You, you got a situation where this defense is very important to the success of this football team. We're a very one-dimensional football team right now. And in that scenario, we needed Gibson to uh, to come up with that play. There was a lot that we could pick on in this ballgame. Because another area that I thought was really, really, this really ticked me off in this game was that red zone interception that Nick Foles threw. I thought that was another play. Oh, uh, oh man. Oh, man. Let me tell you about that play. First of all, it was second and four, right? We could have either ran the football. It was the bad play designed by Nagy. Here's why. Here's let me explain why. Yep. First of all, we didn't have um, Graham in the lineup, right? Graham has been pretty good for us in the red zone. He wasn't in the lineup. That's one. Two, when you think about that play that that route that Mooney and those guys ran, they're running to, right into defenders. Like they had no open. There was a bad play from the start. They were on that pass play from the beginning. We should have ran the football. Period. We should have ran the football. But how about this for another idea? Let's not roll out our fucking quarterback to shrink the field. Let's not take off Graham and commit your two targets in the red zone 
that are big targets that you could throw the ball up to. And let's not call a play where we're throwing it to the shortest fucking receiver on the team. Exactly. Put him in a very uncomfortable situation. Very uncomfortable. You know what, man? You making me, I'm just going to go ahead. I was, I've been drinking all night. I'm like, you know what? I might as well crack open another one of these Ken Lager Brewery. I'm drinking the Chicago Common style. Might as well. Number four for the night. Let me crack mine open too. This is the thing, A-Dub. A lot of our listeners, you know, they said, that, hey, Foles was the guy. He knows the offense, right? We got the veteran quarterback back there. This was the guy that Nagy wanted. However, that wasn't a very a veteran-like move by Foles in that situation. He should have thrown the ball away. He tried to force something there, and, and that, that cost us. Exactly. He shouldn't have forced it. I, I agree with you. He should have threw it away. But it's like this partnership between him and Nagy so far isn't working, at least against these elite teams. And um, seeing that play right there, and I saw multiple plays that happened in the game, but that one right there really stood out to where that interception, it was obvious that something bad was going to happen with that play. It didn't look good. It was checkmate on us. So that's why I can stay on that play. It was checkmate. And I'll tell you, man, I'm going to continue to say it. I expected to see more out of Foles when he made he, when he was made the starter. Um, that red zone pick, terrible. Should have thrown the ball away. But what we're seeing here, different quarterback, but the same result for Nagy and his Bears offense. So what, what are your thoughts there, man, when you're looking at this offense? When I'm looking at this offense, I see that they want to run, run certain plays. Here's the problem. You don't get enough time to run certain plays. Our offensive line isn't that good against a lot of these elite defenses, as we're seeing. And we've faced, what, three elite defenses in the past couple of weeks, right, outside of um, the Panthers. But you, you take about you think about the, the, the Colts, right? They were yep. tough defensively. Think about, um, I would say, the, the, um, this team here we played against, right? They were tough defensively. And you also think about um, the other team we played, what, uh, two weeks ago, right? They were tough as well. And I'm talking about the Buccaneers, right? They were tough as the pass rushers. So they put it on us as well. Um, we can't compete with these guys without offensive line like we want to offensively because they're getting in the backfield and they're putting a lot of pressure on Foles. And I told you last week on last episode, a lot of pressure on Foles going to cause them to make some mistakes. He made several mistakes today with that pressure. That's a good point, A-Dub, but I'll say this. I've heard this from a lot of fans in our, in our fan base about the fact that they wanted the Bears to push the ball downfield more. But yeah. to, to your point, how can you do that when the offensive line, the protection breaks down? They don't have time to run these plays that Nagy's trying to, to call. And what my issue with Nagy is, in that sense, look at the game that's going on out there. If your quarterback you know is under duress, let's call short plays. Let's get quick little throws out there, right? Put the right. guy in shotgun. Like, let's do things that can neutralize that pass rush. He didn't do that at all. Exactly. I think that's one play they threw to uh, Mooney, right? That he overthrew Mooney? Yeah. And you saw the replay. It was like, hey, he didn't even have enough time to even target Mooney the right way <laughs> when he got out there. He went back and shotgun. We're trying to throw him back, you know, a, a few uh, steps back. He had to throw the ball in the air, and that was it, really. He overthrew Mooney, but he didn't have any time at all. Well, let me let me ask you, why did he overthrow Mooney? Well, who who, who uh, missed the block on that play? <laughs> uh, was it uh was it uh who was that uh? Cohen? Was that, uh, I'm sorry, yeah. Was that uh, Rashad Coward? It was your boy Rashad Coward. Yeah, yep, and, that's what it was. Yep. And and I'm sitting over here like, all right, so we benched Mitch in week three, right? So, because Mitch, right. in the eyes of our fans and, and Nagy and whatever was the, the reason why we were struggling, and, and he was going to basically be the reason why this team was going to turn around by him being benched. Mitchell Trubisky was not the problem. We are seeing that this offense is broken, and Mitch was not the problem. 
I don't even think Foles is the problem. You know who I think the problem is with this whole scenario? It's Matt Nagy. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not holding people accountable. Mitch Trubisky cannot be the only person that you you benched. Why are we still seeing Demetrius Harris out there dropping fucking balls, committing bad turnovers, and then we don't get Cole Komet involved in his offense? Why did you draft this guy in the second round and then we don't target him? They gave him back-to-back throws there, and he made a hell of a play on that long completion down the left sideline. He gets another pass the next play, and then we go away from him. Right, right. And I want to hear something you just targeted really quickly, that pass to Harris. That was in his hands. Yes. And he dropped it. Yeah. I was like, no, we have no room for error like that. No, no. That hurt. That, the false starts, dropping passes. I mean, Harris, what the fuck, bro? What This is the thing. Because Nagy has familiarity him from KC, the guy's going to continue to keep fucking getting trotted out there on the field. Meanwhile, you got the rookie fucking tight end from Notre Dame who he I don't I don't even see him in the on in the game enough. Yeah, he's not in the game enough. And matter of fact, commit actually caught a big pass for us. I believe a 38 yard catch. He should have yeah, played more. Yeah, that was the one down the left sideline. That was a big time play. And then he came back the next one and and he, you know, he caught another pass. But I'm just gonna say this, bro. This offensive line is a problem. But the bigger problem that I see, because we're going to get back to this offensive line, but my problem is Matt Nagy. This, to me, was his worst coach game, I think, as I've seen as, as a Bear. If not the worst since he's been with the team, I definitely think his worst coach game this season. He was outcoached. He was outmatched. He was outsmarted. Sean McVay, on the opposite side of the field, has a young quarterback in golf who didn't do anything outstanding today, right? He did not. But his coach put him in positions to be successful. They ran the ball. They played physical at the point of attack. They rolled him out, and they got him out in open space to make plays. Right. And these are short passes at that, right? They, they actually did some nice little short passes that they were doing, getting uh, for those guys. So you, you're right. He put them in very good position to get rid of that ball fast. And those guys who caught it made, got some yardage off of that. So you're right. We got to do a better job with putting Nick Foles in certain positions because we're acting like, this is Nagy acting like we have a great offensive line. You can operate like we got have a great offensive line when you know this entire season that's been the talk of the of, of the media. Our offensive line, you know that already. It can't be that naive. They got to throw plays out there to where we can be effective and not get Foles hurt or any quarterback for that matter hurt in the backfield. Yeah, because they if Foles keeps getting hit like he's getting, that man's collarbone is going to snap in half. That dude, seriously, he's getting killed back there and. Uh, I'm not the biggest, like I said, I told you and our listeners, mm-hmm. I'm going to roll whoever they put back there. But I'm going to tell you, we don't have a solution at this quarterback position. And my thing is this. We have a defense that is ready to go. And all we need is a complimentary offense. And we do not have that right now. And what I'm saying is, yes, the offensive line is a problem. But to me, the bigger issue with this team is a head coach that has his head stuck in the fucking play sheet all fucking game. You know what? If I was fucking Ryan Pace tomorrow, I would fucking call Matt Nagy into my office, tell him to bring that goddamn play sheet and say, you're the head coach of this football team. Someone else is calling the fucking place because this office after three years is still a bottom three office. He's not getting it done. And here's the other thing as well. We talked about other players on our team who was just not ready either. Right. 
We looked for Miller made a bit hell of a catch today. But the thing is, he has not established himself as a number two. The other problem we have, right? You know me. I'm I'm all money moon. That is my guy. I love him. You know, the thing <laughs> is, he still has some groin to do as well, right? Because yeah. the thing is, where he's most effective at is in a long ball, right? You put him out there to go long, he's very effective in that area. However, however, we do not have a number two established. Moon is still growing. And maybe he'll get to that point over time frame where he's one of those elite number twos or number threes. But right now, he's a rookie. He is still learning the game. He's shown us a lot. But again, it's not enough to go against some of these great, um, um, you know, um, pass rushers or these great secondary teams who are very good. So we still have some opportunities right there. And Nagy's actually operating, operating naively from the standpoint that we don't have those guys yet. So we got to be mindful. I will say this, because I, I know you you definitely being objective on your guy, Moon. I will say this, though. I thought that that kid is not being utilized correctly. So we get a lot of guys on this on this team and this offense, even with Cohen, before Cohen even got hurt. You and right. I talked about how the fact that he was not being utilized correctly. Correct. We talked about the way that Cordell Patterson is not being utilized. You have weapons on this offense, but you have guys that seem to get lost in this offense for whatever reason. Nagy does not know how to utilize his guys. You got a guy in Mooney that I think you need to get him moving around, get him going in motion. Right. Start, start getting him involved in the running game, right? Exactly. See how, look at how the Rams were utilizing Cooper Cup and yep. his receivers. They were getting those guys in motion. Quick tempo. Like, do quick game, get this guy the ball out in space. Because you're right, to your point, Mooney was getting open. He was getting separation. But if your quarterback does not have more than three fucking seconds to get the ball off, then get the ball out of his head quick. And right. that, was, that was my problem with Nagy today. There was no counters. They made no adjustments with the pass protection. So it just continued to just break down. And then Nagy just went into his fucking Madden mode where he just started calling fucking long pass plays. And I'm like, yeah, I do that at Madden too when I'm down 21 and nothing when I get desperate. Bro, right. this was a 10 to 3 game. What are you doing? Exactly. You hit a good point that I want to make sure our fans who are listening pretty much capture that part where we have to play an up tempo game. We are playing too slow. There's no reason to play this slow. There's no reason. We got to speed this game up. And if you want to keep up with these other teams who score a lot, you want to help our defense out, speed the game up. You want to get everybody involved? Speed the game up. You cannot run this small, you know, run the football, uh, make these little small plays, eat the clock up, whatever, and we three and out, right? We cannot do that type of style. We got to speed this game up to what foes like. He likes to speed it up. Let's do that. But the thing is, we got to play into what makes our team successful. Playing slow doesn't. We can't get Cole Komet involved playing slow. We can't get Mooney involved playing slow. We can't get none of these guys involved playing slow. We got to speed it up. Hell of a point. And I'm looking at this whole situation with the game plan today, and I'm like, why did Nagy decide when they were down 21 points in the fourth quarter, we're running the ball? At that point, that's when you should be tempo, Foles should be in shotgun, he should be getting the ball out quick. Routes to the right. side, getting Mooney in space, getting Miller in space, because these guys, they could run really good routes. Get them right. in places where they can make plays. He's not doing that. It was a very big disappointment today to see that we didn't get guys involved in certain routes. One thing we did say uh, that had to happen, right? Because we knew that Rams is going to be on Robinson all day, right? We knew that it coming in. Right. We said, hey, we have to establish a number two, number three, and get these tight ends involved. 
we didn't do a great job at doing that at all. No, we didn't. And on, on to, to your point, last week we talked about the matchup A-Rob was going to have with Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey's a top five corner in this league. Correct. And he showed you just why today. You know, he came up big. He had a pick in his ball game. A-Rob was very quiet in his ball game. And that just goes to show you what happens when you have a top five corner locking up with, you know, a, a, a top 10 receiver is what I will call A-Rob. You're going to have basically a situation where they're going to take that guy out of the ball game and they're going to dare you to beat you with their other receivers. And to your point, Mooney and Miller and the rest of the, the people didn't step up. Nagy didn't do a good job of utilizing Graham and Komet in areas where those guys could have made an impact. Uh, when we had the ball down in the red zone on, on the eight-yard line, I don't know why we didn't run the fucking ball. Right. That's the time to run the football. Yeah. And that's the time. <laughs> so I don't know what Nagy was thinking. We're doing the football. And still, I keep going back to this one play here. On second and four, second and four, there is no reason to throw the football. Let yeah. them run it in. I'm also a little dumbfounded in the sense that you and I both have talked ad nauseum about the fact that we need to get the running game established, right? Matt Correct. Nagy even said it after the game today. But however, we know that the offensive line has shortcomings. They're not getting any push off the ball, right? You have basically Rashad Coward, who's just not getting it done at guard. You had a Fetty who had a rough game going up against Aaron Donald. But Aaron Donald's one of the most disruptive players in the NFL, so that you're going to expect that, right? At the end of the day, you have an offensive line that's just not very effective. But I'm sorry. When I look at this situation with this team, we made Leonard Floyd look like an actual pass rusher out there. This guy had two sacks. He abused Leno and Massey. Yes, he did. And that, man, I say talk about payback, right? He got him some payback on us today. Yep. And, and then this is the other thing, too. Back to the running game. So we only ran for 50 yards today in, 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 in total runs. But my point is, is where Nagy decided to run the ball. He decided to run the ball in the middle of the defense, which is the strength for this Rams defense. You're running right at Aaron Donald. Why are we doing that? We cannot be running towards that guy. This guy's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's like a two-time you know, uh, defensive player of the year. We're going to run to him? No way, no way, no way. No, we need to run away from a guy like that. And, it, and I'll tell you one thing. Leonard Floyd, and this is one of the strengths that we knew about him when he was with the Bears. Leonard Floyd is great against the run. And so I noticed whenever they did try to crash down and try to bounce it away from Leonard, I mean, uh, away from Donald, Leonard Floyd was doing his job of pushing him right back into the middle of the defense. So I just think that's where it comes to Nagy has to be creative with this running game. It's not just about running the ball and establishing a running game, but doing it in a way that's creative. Running more zone runs. Like, let's not just run that shit inside. Can we run off tackle? Yeah, another thing that, that bothered me really in that game that I knew we had problems is because a lot of our possessions – we start from our own inside the 10-yard line, you know, from our own. And, 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 why, and why is that, A-Dub? And um, that, that guy, Heckler, did some good punts. I will say that. <laughs> Put bro, some good punts out there. Bro, buddy, he was MVP of that game for them. Yeah, he was. I agree. I mean, you look at that. That field position for us, and you and I have talked about this in the past, this offense isn't very good. We need short fields to be successful. Correct. So as you were getting ready to say, 
Where, where, where was our average starting field position today in this ballgame? I can't say what our average was, but I will say this here. Our second possession, we started a seven-yard line, right? Okay, yep. Our fourth possession, we started what? The 10-yard line. Okay. Um, third possession, sorry, third possession was the 18-yard. Um, our sixth possession was on the one-yard line. Yep. Our 10th possession was on the six-yard line. And I believe our um, 11th possession was on the um, five-yard line. So a lot of these possessions we started, right? <laughs> that we gave it to you. So many of our possessions we started within less than 20 yards. And most of them were within um, less than 10 or less. So um, we cannot be driving the ball down the field that far and expecting to score. Our line won't hold up. And I'm going to tell you this. I saw Nick Foles in the end zone on the opposite end zone more than I was comfortable with in this ball game. So that should tell our listeners how the field position game worked for us today. It was not in our advantage at all. Not at all. I mean, too many of those possessions like that. Just too many. But I'm just going to say this, man. I definitely think even though this team now has dropped down to five and two, this team still has potential. We are still in a good spot here. But what my concern is with this teammate, Dub, and I'm, I want to see what you think about this. Going forward, you have a defense that I saw start to show some signs there in certain parts of the game where they kind of like they started to get a little soft and they gave up chunk plays, right? And yeah, I feel that when you have situations where your offense is not getting things done, after a while, the defense is going to wear down and they're going to break down. What did you see with that defense there in the first half when we started giving up some of those chunk plays? Um, I saw our defense starting to get a little bit tired. Because we spent a whole lot of time um, on the defensive side of it. I think Cope and those running backs, I'm sorry, were running, running, us, running us like crazy. Um, their wide receivers are doing a lot of running against us as well. So we're really starting to get a little tired, really. And as, as the game go along, right, go longer, right, second half, that's when you start to get weary and your defense starts to really get worn out. And I saw them chipping away at that in the first half uh, at us, and it pretty much got us even harder the second half. Yeah, and I'll just say this, man. When you when you look at this whole situation with this team right now, to me, you want to make sure that the defense is being supported because right. this offense can't continue on at this level. And I'm just going to say this. The reason why I made my little mini rant earlier about Pace taking these play-calling duties away from of Nagy, because Nagy is very stubborn. And Nagy's going to keep sitting here saying, I'm going to figure it out. We got to figure it out. Bro, you've been at this shit for three years, man. You have not figured this thing out. And in fact, it's gotten worse. And at some point, six, seven games in, and your line haven't gotten any better, you are who you are yeah. at that point. Yeah, because think about this, man. <laughs> I'm not going to beat a dead horse here with the whole situation to bench Mitch. But what I will say is, when you got a struggling offensive line, one of the strengths with Mitch is his mobility and his ability to, to buy time in the pocket. And right. I think that one of the things that we didn't see with the offensive line was the sacks that we're seeing on Foles. Now, Foles is more, has more of a pocket awareness than, than Mitch. However, Foles is a statue back there, and he's going to get sacked. So if the pocket starts to collapse around him, he's going down. When you got a guy like Mitch back there, Mitch will buy some time with his legs. He can even scramble a little bit. With with Foles, there's no scrambling at all. Right. Foles is more of a pocket passer. He's not a guy that gets on the run and make a lot of passes that way. And a uh, matter of fact, even if he does go on the run, where are our guys at? Are they even in position, right, 
to catch the ball. <laughs> and you find out we look lost when he go on the roll. When he go on the run, our team looks lost. So it's more of a why put him in a rollout or whatever when it's going to be ineffective anyway. Just a bad play call. Yeah, but I'm also just thinking about when the play breaks down and he's basically just trying to buy time in the pocket. He doesn't even have the ability to do that. And that's one of the things that Mitch was able to do because just say Leno misses a block, which he's going to do that because that's who Leno is at this point. Right. But um, Mitch had the awareness to be able to kind of move around, use his athleticism. Correct. That's, that's not Foles' game. And I think that that's an area that I don't think people are thinking about or talking about. And I think Mitch actually helped the O-line a little bit with that athleticism. You're, you're totally right with that because now our offensive line have gotten worse, right, with James Daniels going down, right? This yep. line is no longer the same or even a decent line anymore. So we got, what, three gaps on the line? Uh, we saw Cody Whitehair get a little hurt, get a little, um, get a little injury uh, as well. So it's like yeah. we got too much going on on this offensive line to say, hey, you know, for uh, someone like Foles to really sit in that pocket. And that worried me when I saw Cody Whitehair go because we saw him go into the tent. We saw A-Rob go into the tent because he got lit up on a pass over the middle. And I'm like, man, this is not – we don't have time for injuries on offense. <laughs> right, right, exactly. We have no room for error at all offensively. I mean, from our line to our offensive players, uh, as far as wide receivers and running backs, we have no room for no errors and uh, or injuries. So if that happens – it makes it worse. And the one place we don't need any more injuries to is our offensive line. We cannot sustain another injury there. And I brought up a point earlier about accountability. And so I brought up Demetri Harris's name. Another name that I want to talk about is Rashard Coward. So we briefly touched on him earlier. And I did not understand why he got the playing time over bars. I know that he's a veteran. However, right. he's mostly played on the right side of the line. He's a converted defensive lineman. I have not been impressed with what I've seen in him in games and what I've seen on him in t- on tape. He's been bad. He's made penalties. Where's the accountability, Nagy? That's what I want to know. Is Alex Barr that terrible that you can't give this kid a shot? And if he is that terrible, then go pick somebody up off of free agency because what we're seeing right now, this shit is not fair to our defense. This is totally unfair to our defense. I felt bad from our defense watching them today. I said, man, this team is getting gassed. The one play I really felt bad for, and this made me feel really bad for our own offensive line, was that one play, right, when Malcolm Brown was rushing. And then he got some extra yards because his entire offensive line helped push our defensive line backwards. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. That made me say, you know what? What the hell is wrong with our offensive line where we can't do that? Because they basically led him down the field. Yes, they did. They had a sense of pride right? That's a sense of pride. Where is our pride on the offensive line to say, hey, we're not going to let Nick Foles or Mr. Briscoe, whoever back there, get hit anymore. We're going to take this, you know, uh, personally and start moving some of these guys. And I'm talking about heart. I'm not talking about skill set. I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about heart right now. Talk we got to play with some heart now. We got to play with some heart going forward. Because this is a man's game, right? And what you saw in that play that you talked about, and I'm glad you brought that up, because the, the Rams, that was physical smash-mouth football. Absolutely. And that's also a team that got called out by Aaron Donald because he called them soft. Well, guess what? That's what a leader does because he called and challenged his teammates, and they showed him that they weren't soft. Because I'm telling you, they damn near got Brown into the end zone on that play. Yes, they did. I was like, you know what? When I saw that, bro, all I can say was that, you know what? Could also the offensive line. I got some words, some choice words for our offensive line for not doing the same. 
<laughs> no, that's that's facts, bro. Because I'm telling you, on that play, that just showed you their physicality. Because we saw the physicality that they brought on defense. They were coming after Nick Foles all game long, right? Montgomery didn't have a chance. I mean, anytime he was getting the ball, he was back there dancing, trying to get one or two yards. That's not going to get it done, man. And we still don't even know what we have in Montgomery because we don't have the offensive line that supports him. We don't have the play calling that supports him. And it's unfair because I think that the kid has a lot of talent. Me too. I agree. So it, it, that's a tough look. Um, well, looking at the, the game plan, what did you think there? What game plan? <laughs> we, we, we got post in the mouth from the start. <laughs> so... We, I mean, you talk about gameplay. Every time we try to do something different, what happens? It's a checkmate on us, right? We try to extend a drive. It's a checkmate on us, right? Either turnover or somebody miss a play or a penalty comes out of it. We can't sustain anything. So truth be told, I couldn't tell you what our offensive um, um, scheme was this game because I couldn't see it. It was hard for me to tell. I'll just say this, man. The offensive struggles have caught up with them, right? Yeah. This is a, this is a team that we've been able to get away with that shit. We were 5-1. and one. But this offense isn't equipped to get a win, bro. And I'm going to say, it's not all on foes. This offensive line collapsed today on national TV. We were embarrassed. And in this league, you have to be able to run the football. And right now, that's not happening. As I mentioned, there's no holes for David Montgomery right now. None. None. And this team is super one-dimensional. And I'm just going to say this. After what I've seen in these first seven games, I don't have the confidence in him that he's going to be able to right the ship. I mean, how do you feel? Yeah, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be a tough ride out these next few games, for sure. It's going to be tough. And I'll tell you right now, these next couple of games are going to really tell what kind of team we are, what can we do, and what can we sustain. Yeah, man. But I'll, I'll say this, man. Um, the play calling, it just doesn't have any creativity. So when, when you were talking through your points earlier, that's all I kept thinking about. I just said, where's the creativity? This guy's supposed to be the offensive guru, right? That's why they brought him here. I'm starting to wonder, we got the wrong fucking uh, coordinator from fucking KC. They should have gave us the enemy because... <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Because I'm sitting over here looking at this guy, this fucking BU bullshit. I'm like, and I keep saying it, stop fucking being you, Nagy, because that shit ain't fucking doing anything. It's not working. It's not working. That fucking play sheet with all the different colors and all that stuff on it, Maybe you need to simplify that shit. Maybe you got too much going on because I don't understand all that big-ass play sheet, and that's the crap that he calls? Yeah, I, our plays looked at so telegraphed or what I mean, what we're looking for here. It looked like they can pretty much tell what we're going to do. Of it's course. so obvious. And of I was, course. And when I was watching the Rams, I'm going to be totally realistic with you. Some of those plays, I saw all those guys run. I was like, damn, uh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> 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 you know, because they were doing like a scheme where they could run with it with their wide receiver or they can run with their running back or Cope can roll out fake, you know, fake handoff and pass it. I was like, that's a good scheme. You know, I saw the hand. It was so predictable. Yep. You can't do that in the NFL. You cannot have these predictable plays. The, the defense that we're going against are so strong that they will see it. And our line is not that great either at the same time. So we really got to do a way better job than this. Hey, Dub, did you catch during the broadcast when Brian Greasy uh, mentioned that he had a conversation with Nick Foles? And Nick Foles, I guess, said to him that there's times when play calls come into him during the game. And he knows when they get sent in that they're not going to work because he doesn't have the time 
to get the playoff. Did you did you hear that during the yes, broadcast? Yes, I did. I heard that. Yes. And I think that's a telling situation there that he knows that he's doomed as soon as the damn play is coming in there because he's the one that's getting hit out there. Right. <laughs> exactly. Taking a lot of punishment out there for it. <laughs> and as I mentioned, we know that this is a quarterback that has been injury prone in his career. So if this is the guy that Nagy wants to keep out there for the rest of the season, I think you need to sharpen up with those play calls because you're getting Buddy hit awfully a lot. But I'm telling you, that quote from Foles, and we've seen some of Foles is pushing back with Nagy on the sidelines, that shows you a veteran quarterback that's kind of looking at his, at his offensive play caller a little sideways right now. He has to, man, because the thing is, you're right. We put him in situations where he's going to get himself injured for sure. I mean, I'm not sure how many more of those hits you can take really like that, square on, square on the back or square on the head or square in the chest like that from these big-time you know, pass rushers. You're going to get the guy hurt. So now you've got to really think about this here. I think you really need to give uh, Foles a little bit more. I don't care who it is back there, whether it's Mitch or a Foles. Either way it goes, you got to get these guys the keys to audible. They got to do a better job at audible because I'll tell you right now, some of these plays I've seen designed that take some time to open up, you don't have that kind of time. You just don't. No, you don't. I'm gonna, I was going to say, we, we definitely have honed in on a lot of the shortcomings of the team. Was there anything that you liked today? <laughs> <laughs> I will say this here. I will say this. The one thing I did like today was that we took some, some chances down the field. Something we don't see happen often, right? I mean, a 42-yard catch from Robinson, something we won't see happen often. We saw a couple of plays that didn't uh, pan out to Mooney going long. But the thing is, we're in a situation where we had to pass it, right? I want to see us throw those type of plays like that when it's not the, the pressure for us to throw the football. I want to see those kind of plays. I mean, commit call one, right? I want to see those plays where, like, guess what? The score is, what, 3-3 or 0-0. Let's, let's, let's get some big plays going. Let's not wait until we down 21 points and say, okay, let's throw it long. <laughs> yeah. I would say this, though, man, because I, I kind of go back and forth with that because you're right. We did get a couple of those chunk plays, uh, but that was also, too, when the game was a little bit out of hand, you know, yeah. especially on the A-Rob one. But my thing is this. I'm still on that school of thought of if your offensive line, when you have a fucking Charles Leno and a Bobby Massey, two guys that are turnstiles that, like, look like they're playing a fucking quicksand, I still don't know what's going on with those two. Anyway. Well, you got guys like that that are both supposed to be like protecting the blind side and, and and keeping the quarterback from getting hit. You don't have the time to let your speedster like Mooney get down the field because That's we've true. seen we've seen this kid. He gets open. Yes, he does. And out of all the receivers, I feel like he's the one that consistently gets separation from the defense. Again, the guy should have three long touchdowns on the season. This easily, now, easily. So to your point, I would love if we could open up the offense, but right now I would just like a competent offense. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I'll take that too, man. You know, I, I'll take it. You're right. I'll take it, man. Man, anyway we can get it, man, I'll take it, man. Because this is the this is atrocious here. This yeah. is atrocious. This is this is terrible. I was like thinking longer hard on what went well or what I liked. And I would just say the only thing that I probably did like, <laughs> and you, and you go and you go think I'm reaching on this one, but I was gonna say that open and drive when they uh they played with a little bit more tempo. Yeah, I like that, and I wish that that was something that we saw more often with this team. I, 
I agree. We've been talking about this, what, for the past couple of weeks about the tempo, you know. Now, yeah. You're right. I want to see them speed the game a little bit more. You're right. We cannot walk this ball up down the field, especially going, what, 80 yards down the field trying to walk. We can't do that, man. Come on. We can't no. do that. No. Because this is the thing. In this NFL, when you see these high-powered offenses out here putting up 40, 45 points a game, and this team or offense is scoring three points, I mean, what the fuck is that? You think that when we play these tough uh, upper echelon teams uh, that we're going to be able to compete with them, we're going to get run off the fucking field. Exactly. And the thing is, I think the Rams have a good defense. But a good defense that, that, that's strong enough to hold us to three points only? Hell no. Their defense is not that strong. No way. <laughs> they're not that strong <laughs> to hold us to three points. I mean, they did the day because we did it to ourselves, but they're not that strong to hold us to three points. No. No, that three-point uh, performance, we could thank Matt Nagy for that shit because I, I didn't see anything out there besides them putting pressure on the quarterback. There was nothing that I thought that was outstanding from that defense because if we'd had a coach that, that wasn't stubborn and made adjustments and changed up the uh, O-line pass protections, I think we would have had a different situation back there. I mean, this is another thought that I had, A-Dub. Okay, so you have to play there, and I'm going to bring this up because this is something I did not like. This is another fourth and one or fourth and two short situation, and we're giving the ball to Cordell Patterson instead of giving it to David Montgomery. I instead knew that of, was coming. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah. Instead of having Javon Williams do a crackback block, why not put Cole Komet or somebody back there in the backfield and let him fucking get out in front of somebody and maul them off the fucking line? Like you said, why is Williams even in the game for a play like that to begin with? Yeah, that's true. That's true. We got the wrong guys out there at the, for the wrong play, for the wrong play. I mean, for the wrong plays, and this is hurting us big time. And Nagy want to get some guys out there opportunity to play, but guess what? You gotta know when to put them out there to be effective. You can't throw bodies out just to throw bodies out there. Yeah, you gotta have flow and you gotta have rhythm, and you have to have a feel for the game. And, and this is something that we've talked about in the past with him. It doesn't seem like he has a feel for this offense because you're right. Javon Williams should not be over there. You should have your best wide receiver over there making that block. It should not be Javon Wims. No disrespect to you, Javon Wims, but right. in that situation, I don't want to see you out there making that key block. And I definitely don't want to see Cordell Patterson on fourth and one or fourth and two. I don't know what the fuck it was. I don't want to see him fucking getting the ball when you got David Montgomery in that backfield. Give him the rock. All that guy does is get positive yards. And for our listeners, I just want you guys to realize that David Montgomery in short yardage situations in his career. It's 13 out of 15. That's a big point right there. Why not give the ball to that guy? I totally agree with you. And I would just say this. Why is it that in his year and a half of being in this NFL league, why does he only have 15 carries on third and one, fourth and short? I think that's yet another indictment of our Matthew Nagy. Yeah, it is. And here's another point I brought up. What the heck are we doing at the halftime? We still scoreless, another scoreless game without scoring in the third quarter. We scored, of course, last week in the third, but this week again, we're back to that same old whatever it is we're doing again. <laughs> Don't even know what it is, right? We're nope. back to not scoring again. So I'm not sure if we going into the halftime and talking about what we can do differently for the second half. Whatever's being shared, we need to, again, scratch it. Take it off the table. It's not working. It's, it's not, not working good. at all. Mm-mm. And I'll say another thing, too. You know what I didn't like in this ball game, and I'm gonna I'm pick on our defense just for a second. I know, I know, listeners, the defense has definitely had to do their fair share, but 
there was a play there in that first half, A-Dub, that you probably remember. It was a, a pass that went um, to the tight end, and Danny Trevathan was covering him, and Danny Trevathan missed the tackle. He had him wrapped up. For some reason, he didn't bring him down. And the, oh, defend, and the defenders around the Bears, did you notice that they all started to loaf and they stopped running? Yes, I and noticed it, that. And the guy broke away. And this is one thing that, that they teach you, and I'm sure that the Bears defensive coaches teach this too, but when I played, they taught us to storm, to storm to the football, get to the football. You don't just assume that the guy's going to bring the person down. You guys all go to the football. Absolutely. This, this team does not do that, and I've noticed that. No, we don't do a good job with that. Uh, here's the other thing that I saw too. I'm going to add this on to it. It's our defense. Matt calls the fumble. Yep. Where was our defense at? Yeah, that should have been another. And listen, that's another missed opportunity, brother. Man, like, where you guys at? Get to that football. Be hungry. Our guys was pretty much slow running to that football, looking exhausted. I said, man. <laughs> but, this, but you know what? Max always thinking in terms of being able to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. That right. Is, he's made a career out of that. But my thing is, we need more people in that defense to have that mentality because we know he's got it. We know that Eddie Jackson has it. Eddie Jackson's always in the end zone. And we know that Kyle Fuller has it. But we need Correct. more guys on that defense to have that type of mentality. Because we should have came up with that ball. There's no way that the Rams get that ball back. But what it comes down to, A-Dub, is effort. So on Sunday Night Football, we saw DJ Metcalf sprint 100 fucking yards to fucking tackle Buda Baker and keep him from scoring. That's yes. the type of hustle that I want to see on this fucking team, bro. Never quit on any play. Never quit on any play. That's winning football. Those are winning football plays. Exactly. Exactly. And there's, there's a couple of things in our defense that we left out there. As a matter of fact, I think our defense left some points out there. We could have probably had a, maybe, a, maybe a couple more touchdowns from our defense. Who knows, right? But we did leave some on that field. One area that I wanted to touch on, and this is something you probably even noticed in the ball game too. Remember in the first half there, when uh, in the red zone, uh, Buster Screen he got beat for that touchdown. But on that play, the the Rams got to the line quick and they did a quick snap, and yeah. Buster Screen didn't have a chance to step. That's an example of a coach that must have saw something on tape and said, "You know what? We could get them all out of position here," and they did. They did, yep. They did their homework. They did their homework in red zone on us. They really did. Yeah, and my thing is this. That's the things that we need to be doing on offense. Catch teams off guard, right? Don't allow teams to set up and strategize on you. I agree, and that's why I say sometimes when we did the no huddle, I thought that was good doing the no huddle. But the thing is, we'll start it and then we'll stop. No, stick with it. Stick with it. We're going to get some of the elite defenses. We need to keep those guys, you know, tired and worn out too, you know, because that's what they're doing to us. Mm-hmm. Let's do the same thing to those guys. Exactly. Uh, but one thing that you mean, A-Dub, we're not going to beat up the defense because we know that they can't do it all on their own. But we're also just, as we highlighted in our keys of the game, this is just opportunities that we could have put some points on the board. So we have to highlight those things as well. Right. And I want to highlight one more thing, you know, on our defense. Let me ask you this question here. How many possessions did our defense put us in a good field positioning? Whew. You know? Because that's, that's been our bread and butter, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I just thought about that. That's a good point. You know, good point. I know we, we play solid, but the thing is, we didn't put our offense in position to score, really. One point I will make to counter that, the defense did get the ball back to the offense and gave them opportunities. Because remember, as we talked about, in that first half, the game was still only 10-3. to 3. It was, yep. They did a good job. 
Mm-hmm. They did a good job. But however, and, and, and all of our listeners and you know this, at a certain points of that ball game, the defense was gassed. I was looking at Hakeem Hicks. And <laughs> I'm just going to say this, A-Dub. The defensive penalties on this team have been atrocious this year. We, I saw the stat, the graphic that came up. But did it say we lead the league in defensive penalties? Yes, we do. What the hell is that, man? That's, that's undisciplined football. It was. And the thing is, <laughs> the other thing, our guys get so frustrated and thirsty at times that we just start, like, tackling hard, making crazy plays. <laughs> because we saw Hicks involved in a lot of crap today, man. I was like, what the heck, Hicks, Hicks, what you involved in again, man? Again? He you had, know? He had four penalties today. Right. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm, I'm going to say this, hey, Doug. I'm tired of seeing him laughing and smiling and shit when he's fucking up out there. I agree. What the hell's that, bro? What's so funny? <laughs> right. <laughs> See, man, I'm, you got me cracking up here, man. I'm saying, like, remember, remember how back in the day when you used to look at a goofy and he's laughing, you're like, what's, what's fucking funny, bro? You la- That's how I was looking at the TV today. I'm like, bro, what's so fucking funny? Like, you right. just cost us 15 yards and you out here laughing. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And I think that was... Uh... Bad, bad defense on, like you say, I'll, I'll say what you what you share. It was a bad discipline on our team. Yep. But I'm just going to say this to our fans. We're going to call this, we're going to call this fair. Now, we love this team. We love this defense because we know without this defense, we wouldn't be where we are as a team right now. But Agreed. I'm telling you, there's some things here, me and A-Dub, we're going to pick it apart. There's a lot of things, though, that they can clean up on that defense. And the penalties exactly. is a big part of that. Exactly. And I saw what? The touchdown they got in the red zone. I mean, Malcolm Brown ran through uh, Roquan Smith. Yeah, ran he did. All that. Everett caught a t- got a touchdown pass, right? That was a quick pass to him. Ran through screen. screen I mean, screen could not, what, tackle him? Number 24 on our team, right? Yeah, Buster. Buster, yep. Yeah. Buster could not tackle him. That led for a touchdown. I'm like, man, these are some mental lapses that we're having here on defense. But again, overall, our defense done a great job of keeping us in this game. But again, there was a couple of things that we saw that we could also clean up on a defensive end. Yeah, man, we definitely could. Well, let's uh, let's turn to the page here. Do you have an offensive game ball that you want to give out today, Dub? <laughs> <laughs> what you want me to give it to Bo Jackson? You want me to give it to Eddie? <laughs> and you know what? You give it to whoever you want to, but there's going to be one on defense as well. Okay, absolutely. But I'm going to give mine to Eddie Jackson for picking up that ball and walking into the end zone. Okay. I'll take that. Okay, so you give him your offensive game ball. I got to. <laughs> I have no choice. Based on how our offense looked today, man, I have no choice. <laughs> I, um, I'm going to give mine to somebody on offense. I, mean, I want to get your thoughts on it. I gave my offense a game ball to Darnell Mooney. Really? Um, okay. Tell me yeah, more. Yeah. I gave it to him because I thought all night long, out of everybody that was on the field, including A-Rob, I thought that he ran his routes hard all night. Like you didn't, you didn't see him taking any plays off. I mean, and there were a lot of plays where he was trying to break up bad Nick Foles passes where he could have been picked off and he turned into a defensive back. And I'm just like, man, I'm like, as a rookie, he's got a really good football IQ, but I just love that he didn't quit out there. He was playing hard. And I think that that's very important to see because we talked about how Anthony Miller at times doesn't have like the best, you know, concentration and he struggles with consistency. Well, you got a rookie here that once he puts it all together, I think he's going to be a very productive player in this league. I think he's the only player, as I mentioned, that actually gets consistent separation because even A-Rob, he struggles to get separation. A lot of times 
A-Rob gets most of his catches on those back shoulder type throws or on slants. Right, right. You know what? Let me say this. Money Moon! <laughs> let me get that in first. You know what? He actually led us in targets today. I got to say, you know what? A lot of plays, a lot of catches he didn't get today was because actually Foles overthrew him. You were right. He got the separation. He did. Yep. And the thing about it was, if the offensive line, <coughs> Leno, <coughs> Massey, if, he, <laughs> if these guys were doing their jobs, then we would have probably had a different outcome today because there were a couple plays out there that I thought Moody had opportunities to make some big plays, and we just didn't get those opportunities. Because I'm going to tell you a good one point. thing. It's a consistent thing with this guy where he just keeps getting overthrown. Yeah. And matter of fact, it's not just today. You're right. Last week he got overthrown. A couple weeks before, another week for that, right? He got overthrown. It's been a couple, it's been a lot of times that we've seen happening where Foles just can't connect with him long. No, no. And I would just say in this game, I give Foles a pass because of the pressure. But there's been other games where he just flat out just missed the kid. You know, so, I agree. Yeah, that's tough to see. But Darnell Mooney, he gets my uh, offensive game ball for the uh for this for this game. That's a very good pick there. I, I, I can I can support that. My man. What a, uh, so you gave the offensive game ball to Eddie Jackson. Do you have someone else on the defense that you want to give the game ball to? On the defensive end, you know what? I want to go with Khalil Mack on the defensive end. Okay. Let me tell you why, though. Because just like Donald, they both impact the, the game so much that Mack faced a lot of double teams today, too. Yep. They were actually sending two people at him because their reason, like, hold on, this dude getting in here, you know? We yep. got to put two people on. So that what that means is guys like Hicks, Quinn, Edwards, you know, these guys should be able to get more opportunities, right? Because Mac takes up so much ground. So I will give it to Mac from that standpoint. He had, what, four tackles today? He had one sack, um, a tackle for a loss, um, quarterback hit. So, yeah, he done his part to me, you know, with impacting the game. That's a good call-up because – you saw in that game over there, Mack was going head up with the, the 38-year-old offensive lineman, and the Rams were smart enough to keep a defensive, I mean, a tight end on that side to, to help block double-team them. They had the running back that would chip at them. So those are the things that the Rams were doing to neutralize the pass rush. However, we didn't see that the Bears were making those type of adjustments. And the, the uh, defensive line for the Rams, they were just teeing off on foes. They were. I agree. So that, that was tough to see. My my game ball is probably not going to be a surprise to anybody. It's going to Eddie Jackson. Yep. I mean, you know, Bojack, defensive fumble recovery for the touchdown. And he, he scored our only touchdown today. So this is my thing. I actually got scared for Eddie Eddie because I thought that the refs for a second was going to take it away from him again. And I'm like, every time this guy scores, they find some sort of flag to, to call on him. I will say this here. Yep. That play by Quinn on Woods to knock that ball loose. Yep. That was a big play. That was a big play. That's a big play. And that's the thing we need to see more consistently out of Quinn because we keep seeing little flash plays from Quinn. But we need to see that more consistently out of him. No, I totally agree with you. Who would you have for your underperformer today? It's quite a bit of few people out there who underperformed. Um, I will say the one I thought underperformed today to me, and I hate to keep picking on this guy here, you know. Um, I thought that uh, Miller underperformed today. I thought this would be a breakout game for him, and um, it didn't happen that way. To your point, uh, when A-Rob went down, you know, you would expect a guy like Miller to at least play the way that we saw Mooney show up on tape. And the fact that during that game, I just every time you saw Mooney, you saw him running his routes hard. 
he was breaking plays up. I still see a lot of lackadaisical play out of Miller. He made that awesome catch in the game, but then he can't make simple plays. And I never understood that with him. (laughs) Now you get where I'm going, man. (laughs) He made the toughest catch. I mean, the one-hand catch was phenomenal, but he can't catch the simple stuff. Like you said, man, the things that are right on target, he can't catch. Mm -mm. Or the plays you say he should catch, he don't catch those. No. That... that That that's this is really puzzling with this kid. So it's not like you're picking on him. You're just calling it a hundred, and you have to be honest because we have to be objective. Um, th- this this podcast is not just going to be us big up in the, the team. We love this team, but guess what? We love this team so much that losses like this affect us. These losses hurt, and we want to make sure that we are calling out the things that we're seeing. And so a guy like Anthony Miller, we're going to keep calling him out. Because we see the potential in the kid. But guess what? As we mentioned in the last episode, potential doesn't win you games. It doesn't at all. And three catches for 20 yards is never going to be enough. And I'm I'm just going to call it out again. And I know our listeners know what I'm getting ready to say. But Riley Ridley was inactive again today. Free Riley Ridley. We got to let Ridley play. We have to. Let's give him a chance. What are you going to lose? (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> we got nothing to lose, really. We had nothing to lose. You got nothing to lose. You, you drafted the guy because you said how great of a route runner he was, right? Well, if you have a situation now where you have a receivers that are struggling to get open, wouldn't you want to have the guy out there that's a good route runner? Absolutely. We've given all our tight ends almost a shot. Why, why aren't we giving really a shot? Let's give him a chance. Well, we're giving uh, Demetrius Harris a shot, which right. he's doubled the targets that they've given to commit. Why don't we give those targets to Komet? Because Komet's actually shown you that he can make plays out there. Exactly. And like you said, we can put Harris back. We can shift him back out the game and put Ridley in. Let's, let's get Ridley an opportunity. I would love to see Riley Ridley be active for one of these ball games. And I'm sorry, but I've had enough of Ted Ginn returning punts. He is so unrecognizable out there. When, when I'm like, what are you doing, bro? This and, guy... It's, it's a joke. This is the guy that you have active? Get him the fuck out of there. Yeah, he's not ready. He is not ready. This is the thing, A-Dub. I think that you got a veteran guy again that doesn't want to be on special teams, and he doesn't give a fuck. So my thing is, where's the fucking accountability? You got to put somebody back there who cares, who want to touch that football, yeah. and want to pick up some yards. <laughs> he doesn't want it. And if you don't want to do it, then get somebody in there that will. We had a fan that reached out to us this week, and he asked, what did you guys think about uh, Mooney being the punt returner? And I said, you know what? That wouldn't be a bad idea if we didn't have to depend on him to be a number two receiver for this team right now. Yeah, we don't want to overdo it, and we don't want to actually try to get him hurt either, right? Exactly. Um, But you're right. Because he's battling that shoulder injury that nobody talks about. Right, exactly. So you definitely don't want to do that. So... All right, so your underperformer, you had Anthony Miller. My underperformer is going to point back to our play caller. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just going to say this. As I mentioned earlier, <laughs> he didn't have this team ready to play today. He and did I'm, not. And I'm just going to say this. We saw what the biggest problem with this offense is. It's Matt Nagy. Um, it's bigger than any O-line problems, and those are huge. But I think just when it comes down to it, the scheme doesn't seem to be working. Him calling plays is a problem. And I've been saying this all season. 
The offensive production is not there. And I'm going to tell you one thing, too. His formations are trash. They're predictable. I think other teams know exactly what's getting ready to get run. Us watching the game at home, we know what's getting ready to get fucking run, right? Right. There's, there's no creativity. And I'm sorry, but you got to use more creative ways to get Graham and commit the football. There's no reason why six foot seven Jimmy Graham in the red zone should be on the sideline. I agree. He was on the sideline a little bit too much. Him and Komet was on the sideline a little bit too much for me today. And I have no reason understanding why. I don't not know why, but Nagy made a huge mistake in doing that. Yeah, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. So my, my thing with Nagy is Nagy, the head coach, I ride with him because he created a hell of a culture here. This is a team that doesn't quit. I love the way that they play. But Nagy, uh, Nagy the play caller versus Nagy the head coach, I do not like Nagy the play caller. At all. He wants too much responsibility there. He wants too much when he got to let loose. Let foes loose. You know, open his playbook up a little bit better than what we have now. Yeah. And one quick point I'm going to make on this offensive line, because they're not going to get off the hook either. They were a train wreck today. That offensive line, and then when we saw when Cody White here went down, I was like, oh, we're fucked. Because <laughs> 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 Look, I knew we were in trouble when we lost Daniels. Right. I knew that from the standpoint. You and I talked about this already. I said, we yep. lose him. We gotten worse as an offensive line. And yep. now we're talking about going against this team against the Rams with Donald. Oh, man. I knew we were in trouble. Yeah. And the, the thing is, that meant that, like you said, Nagy should have went to the drawing board and say, hey, how can we get some better plays and how can we get rid of this football a lot quicker than what we're doing? Because guess what? They're coming. They're bringing the heat. How can we get this ball in the foes' hand to the right guys at the right time? Because we won't have a lot of time to get rid of it. Yeah, man. I'm just going to say this, man. When I'm looking at this team right now, there's a lot of little areas that we need to clean up uh, heading into in the, uh, to week eight. Because one thing that just jumps out to me real quick, A-Dub, is I just really want us to hone down and focus on defense. Let's stop it with the turnovers, right? I mean, the, right. the, uh, the, the not the turnovers, the penalties. Penalties, the penalties. Yep. Penalties. yep. Those are killing us. They're hurting this team. And I'm going to say this. I don't care if Bears players listen to Bears podcasts and they listen to the stuff that we're saying. Because I'm going to call it like I see it, and I know A-Dub is going to do that as well. I love you, Hakeem Hicks, but I don't like that laughing shit. You need to knock that shit off, bro. Like, that shit really pisses me off. This game right here, you got to take that shit serious, man. Like, you got fans that fucking have been lifelong diehard fans of this team. We don't take that kind of shit lightly. I don't like seeing that. And that needs to get cleaned up. That's, to me, that's coaching. A coach needs to fucking get over there and say, look, you're fucking up. You're hurting the team. There's nothing funny about that. And I don't mean to sound like a, a meathead when I'm saying that. I just didn't like that. I also thought that the Rams were very physical with us on both sides of the ball today. We got to get tougher. We have to. And here's the thing I want to throw out this to you. Yeah. This was a Monday night football game. Yeah. Everybody was watching this. Yes. Everybody was watching this. Yep. Again, everyone was watching this. <laughs> One more so, time. <laughs> everyone was watching this game, you know? Because <laughs> you know what? When you're a five and one team, right? We came in this game five and one. We didn't come in this team as a bomb team, right? Two and three or whatever, one and four, right? We came in this game as a top team, record-wise. So people are looking, okay, what the Bears are doing? Let me see. Let me take the time out to see. The Saints watching this game. 
they're looking. Let me see what these guys can do. Mm-hmm. So people are scouting us out already. When you're in a Monday night football game, you are the target. Yep. Performing like this while we're the target, ouch. Yeah, it's not good, man. And to your point, the NFL is a league where people scout. So you don't think that these teams are now scheming and looking at like, oh, man, so this is another team that neutralized this offense, and this is how the offense did not do any sort of uh, counter to this. They didn't make any sort of adjustments. They made no adjustments come out of the half. You know, right. it was the same shit. <laughs> right, right. This team struggles a lot when it comes to third, the third quarter. We got them. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we fine. We, we got nothing to worry about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, hey, Doug, man, let's get over to a, a, a funnier part of our, our podcast. It's going to be our fan reactions. I want to run some by you real quick. Yes, sir. Go for it. All right, man. So we have a friend of the podcast, Doug Cole. He reached out and said, um, why is the worst tight end we have on the roster, on the field, when we have the ball in the red zone on the eight-yard line? Man, look, there's no reason for that guy to be in the game. Period. You got Graham who got four TDs or whatever he has right now. Yep. I, he should be in that red zone. Or commit, because remember, commit got the last touchdown in the red zone, I believe, last game. Either commit or Graham should be in the game. There's no reason for the, for Harris to be in the game. Um, another friend of the podcast, TJ Brooks, he reached out to us, and he just basically said it. He was very clear. He said, Nagy needs to call some stretch runs to the outside, or better yet, keep throwing the ball to commit. Yeah. Let, let, let's do that, right? He's open. He's, he can sustain it. I mean, he was getting the, not quite the separation, but the thing is, he was using his height. Let's use that. That's an advantage as well. Let's take advantage of what our guys can do. Yep. Um, Michael Naus, he asked, or he basically made a comment. He said, we knew the offensive line was bad. But he said, well, we got huge offensive problems. He said, when Mike Singletary met a running back in the gap, which direction did that running back end up going? <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good one right there, man. Because you, know um, you know who he's talking about. Who was he talking about? Your boy Roquan. Because <laughs> Roquan basically was making contact with these running backs and bouncing off people. He still is bouncing off the guys when he's making these plays. Here's what I would say about Roquan. When Roquan's cooking, he's cooking, right? Yep. But when he's not, he is not. I mean, he made a couple of bonehead plays out there, man. That just looked <laughs> bad. On Monday Night Football. Yep. Can't have that at all. Yep. And again, I go back to that Malcolm Brown, where Malcolm Brown ran him over. To score that touchdown, that can't happen, man. Come on, you're a linebacker. You run that running back over. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like you said, because you're a linebacker. That's what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. So, I don't get it, man. We uh we got a few more. So Edwin Rodriguez, he hit us up and said, Nagy has to go. Yeah, well, you know what? The, re- the creativity out there is, is bad, right? Uh, we know that for sure. The creativity needs to be better. Uh, and the thing is, he also got designed better even for a guy like A-Rob to get him more involved in those kind of plays. Um, he has, Nagy has to step his game up in that area, period. There's no exception here. Yeah, because I'll say this. Uh, I don't care what kind of scheme it is. A guy like that, you got to find ways to get him the ball, right? And so I to agree. your point, even I don't care if it's like little res- uh, wide receiver screenplay, something, right? As long as exactly. it's not that fucking, as long as it's not that fucking jet sweep bullshit that he was doing with uh with a Rob, but find ways to get the ball in his hands. I agree, because I mean, to me, four targets today. Come on, man, come yeah. on now, it's yeah. not enough. That's not enough. Um, 
I got a, a funny one, man. And this is more uh, a guy on Twitter, Malcolm Riley. I owe him an apology. So he predicted that the Rams would win tonight, 24 to 16. And so I uh, I kind of made fun of him a little bit, called him out on our on our uh, Twitter timeline, gave him a hard time about it. But uh, Malcolm, you were right. Uh, you an apology. The Rams won. Just next week, uh, don't don't uh, don't say anything about the Saints winning because uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently you you speak things into existence and I don't like it, so I'm very uncomfortable <laughs> with that. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. Uh, a Dub. So we got a matchup uh, next week against the Saints. They're coming in here after uh, beating uh, the Panthers. What are your thoughts there on the Saints, man? Yeah, this is going to be a, um, a team that wants to score, right? The Saints, you know, they got a history of doing pretty good, you know, um, in the passing game. But again, they're coming in shorthanded maybe without Michael, um, without their best wide receiver, Michael Thomas. I believe he suffered um, an injury, a hamstring injury. So I'm not sure his availability for his, the game against us. Um, they also lost um, another wide receiver out there as, as well, Emmanuel Sanders. I think you know him from the Colts. Yeah. Um, they got him. And it looks like he was out due to COVID. He tested yep. positive for COVID. So they're yep. pretty much shorthanded out there from a wide receiver standpoint. So uh, they're going with pretty much younger guys, their rookies, and things of nature to help them on the wideout. So we might have a chance of being to guard those guys because that they're, they're, they're shorthanded, right? But they still have Kamara. Uh, what's his? Um, Alvin Kamara. Yep. Kamara, yep. They have him, who's um, a, a very good running back, right? He can do it all pretty much. He can catch it. He can run it. Um, they also have Murray out there with them as well, who's a running back. So they got two solid backs, you know, that's going to be very um, key for them going forward. So we really got to make sure we stop that run, you know, um, and also stop those running backs from catching passing yards too. Uh, of course, you know, Breeze, right? Breeze is Drew Breeze, Hall of Fame player, pro bowler. What else? He champion. Um, he still can do it, even though he's aging a little bit, but he still can throw it. So we got to keep our eye on that passing game. Yo, that's a good call out because this is my thing. Even though this team is without their top two targets, at least in week seven, they were missing Thomas and they were missing Emmanuel Sanders. That offense, and I when I watched that game, they were still moving the ball down the field. And Drew Brees had a hell of a game. He had three touchdowns. He looked sharp. They actually had their first open and drive touchdown of the season in that game as well. And mm-hmm. a key stat in this ball game, and this is something that we need to think about in our matchup against the Saints next week, they were 12 of 14 on third down, and they never punted in the game uh, yesterday. That's huge, man. And they got that kid out there too, Callaway. Um, yes. He's, he's yep. pretty good, man. He's I, solid. I like, he's solid. Yeah. And he's a big fan of Colston. Remember Colston used to play for them, number 12? Oh, yeah, Marcus Colston, yep. Yeah, he's a big fan of Colston, man. So um, that's the reason why he wear the same jersey number, I believe, as him too. So um, that kid really, you know, want to learn from one of the best ones that ever did it. So, um, you know, that's good for him. But the thing is, we got to make sure we put a target on his back, right, with yep. Fuller and, and, and Johnson. You guys got your hands full with him. That's true. Um Another thing you brought up, you brought up the the backfield. So Kamara and Murray, they combined yeah. for they combined for 130 yards yesterday, which I thought was solid. Mm-hmm. But one of the, the things that I wanted to tell our audience about is the Saints offense. They play a lot of what we call 21 personnel. That's when they have two running backs in with a tight end. So a lot of times you'll see that Murray and Kamara are on the field at the same time. And that's going to create a unique matchup issue for our Bears defense. Because you have a guy like Kamara who's really great out of the backfield, and he's great between the tackles, and he's tough to tackle. I know, I yes, know you've probably seen that. This guy bounces off of people, and with the way our linebackers sometimes miss tackles, 
we could be in for a long day if we don't tighten up some of our technique this week. Oh, yeah. And again, they got two running backs that's going to do it, right? We got yeah. our hands full with that. We talk about the running backs when it gets today. This is second level. <laughs> this is next level, right? We're going against next week running back-wise. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, uh, that that two running back offense that they run, the 21 personnel, that's their most, that's their most consistent offense. And the thing about it is, that's a package that they don't even use as often as they probably could. Right. And, and my thing is this. <laughs> if the Bears are lucky, they don't use it as much in that matchup with them. But I'll just say this. We may end up getting an easy matchup if, if Michael Thomas isn't playing. Because as you mentioned, he was already recovering from his uh, ankle sprain injury, and then he tweaked the hamstring. So right. he's, got, he's got a lot going on right now. Yeah, man. Did he also get into a fight with a teammate as well? <laughs> oh, yeah. He gave somebody them hands. He gave somebody them hands. <laughs> yeah, he got a rough season ahead of him, but he's had a rough season so far. So uh, hopefully this, hopefully he's not playing against us. That would be good for us, you know? Yes, sir. Because I'll tell you what, they having a guy like Michael Thomas out there, all pro, all pro makes life easier on Breeze. So my thing is this. Uh, hopefully uh, we don't get him out there because – I'm telling you, we could use uh, we could use that break after what happened to us tonight. And this is still offense to skill score thirty points a game. Yeah, they still putting up numbers, man. Good lord, man! I I don't I don't man. I'm telling you, I'm so jealous of these teams that not only have quarterbacks, but they got offensive systems that work. Like, yeah, they do. Yeah. Oh God. I'm jealous. I'm fucking jealous. <laughs> I know, right? Sean, Sean Payton has been over there for, for quite a few years now, man, for several years now. And he's done a good job with this pairing between him and Drew Brees. They've done an excellent job at keeping this offense going for that team. Yep, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you another thing, too. So we we focused in on the Saints offense, but they got a top 10 defense. Uh, uh, when oh, you look man. At it, when you look at it. And especially when it comes to yardage allowed, they don't give up a lot of yards. The only issues that I've seen with this team is within the red zone. They are not very efficient like our Bears team is as far as keeping teams out of the end zone. Um, And they also struggle to get off, get teams off the field on third down. Because the problem with the Saints is their secondary. They have a great defensive line. They get a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks. They have a good linebacker crew. But that secondary is trash. Yeah, I would give the wrong process for one person in secondary. I would look at... uh... Marshawn um, Lattimore. Okay. I think he was a, he was a pro boarder last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he was pretty good for them. So I will say the only guy I look at that's pretty much to me that's strong in that, in that area is probably him. The rest of those guys can be cooked. They can be cooked. They they got Janoris Jenkins, who's also pretty solid, um, but he's missed a couple games with a shoulder injury. Um, but I would say this, when healthy, him and Lattimore, that is a, definitely a pretty good tandem. But the, the area that they struggle is in safety. So Malcolm Jenkins, I'm looking at him. He gets torched. There's teams that are just like going at him. They're targeting him like fucking crazy. Yeah. What they do well, and really, I will say the safeties, you talk about Jenkins and um, Gardner Johnson. Yep. Those guys do well in the run game, right? Yeah, so they, playing up in the box. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I give them the credit from that standpoint. Now, come down to wide receivers, you know, cooking them. They, absolutely. They'll give us some yardage there. But when it comes down to running plays, Oh, they're on it, man. Those yeah. guys are on it. And I think they're pretty much one of the top teams when it comes down to rushing defense as well. They were number four, giving up about 89 yards a game. So yep. uh, that, that means we got our hands full <laughs> again <laughs> on the rushing side of it because uh, they're only giving up like 90 yards pretty much a game. 
Yep, but the area that I think that excite me when I look at this matchup, A-Dub, is the fact that when you see a guy like Darnell Moody that showed the ability to get uh, to get open over the top of a defense, Yes, all it takes is maybe one or two of those plays to maybe pop. And I think, especially if we have safeties that for the Saints that aren't really good at coverage, a kid like that may be able to exploit that matchup. I agree with you. And I'm looking forward next game to seeing uh, Foles at least at least take some chances downfield with Mooney. Um, and hopefully we land some of them, right? Uh, Mooney been open, right? We saw several times and haven't gotten the, you know, haven't got the target uh, the right way or a missed pass from Foles on that, for that matter. Um, I think this time frame, next game, he has to land a couple of those big plays. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that defensive line, so the, the, the Saints off uh, defensive line, they get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, they actually get a lot of sacks, a lot of quarterback hits. They got Cam Jordan. He only, yep. has, he only has a sack and a half right now, but this guy's a matchup problem. But when you look at our offensive line and the troubles that we've had between him and Marcus Davenport, who recently mm-hmm. returned to the field, that's going to be a big area that we're going to have to focus in on because those guys are going to be bringing that heat on foals next week. Yeah, and matter of fact, Trey Hendricks lead them in sacks. Well, 4.5 sacks. So right. watch him too. You know, um, you're right. They want to get in there. Now, the thing is, if Trey Hendricks not getting these sacks, he's almost partially ineffective, you know. So right. we got to keep him out there from getting that. And another thing, too, and we saw it in the game today, if you get pressure on Foles, he has a tendency to throw the ball up. That's something that worries me because in this ball game, not only do the Saints have that good pressure with, like, as I mentioned, with the D line. But they have that Demario Davis, their linebacker, who's right. really good at coverage. But this dude's a blitzer, and he's gonna be bringing that heat. Yes, sir. Because that guy, he shoots those open gaps. And with our offensive line, you know there's gonna be open gaps there. <laughs> Don't remind me, <laughs> man. It's like every time you mention things like that, what could happen to us? It's like I'm visioning happening. Like man, because I can see foes going down for these type of hits. Because you got Massey, Leno, you know, Rashad. You know, it's like these dudes are not great. <laughs> you know, and um, you go to anybody who's solid in a way, we can make them look even, look even better than what they really are. That's my concern. Yeah, like we did to Leonard Floyd today. That dude, he, he didn't know how to sack the quarterback here in, in Chicago unless it was the Packers. But he was out, <laughs> he was out there looking like LT today. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> He was, he was out there like, we own money, man. I'm for real, yeah. He was like, my bike. Like, man, he was like, he was out there, boy. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but to your point earlier, when you brought up about the Saints with their rushing defense, yeah, they, they haven't even allowed a 100-yard rusher. And like, I don't know, it was like, I've heard it was like a crazy stat. Like, it was almost like three, three seasons. It's like at least like 40 games they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher. Wow. Which is insane. Very insane. It seems like what, what happens with that as well, they put a lot of pressure on you when they score a lot of points. So that means you got to pretty much abandon the run and pass because they want to score, right? They yep. want to play a quick offense. And once they score in that way, you want to stay stay with them. You got to catch up and start to air it out. So um, mm-hmm. can't, get out, can't get out against this team. It's a team you can't get out against. No, you can't, especially when you got Drew Brees back there, quarterback. So this is a matchup when I'm looking that we have to do our best to mix it up whether it's running the ball outside or doing the little quick uh, hitters to the, the receivers. But we got to we gotta fix up this scheme because right now when I'm looking at this A-Dub, our current scheme is just not getting it done. We need to make some adjustments. We need to tweak things a little bit because this Saints defense 
they're not one to play with. And their offense, they move the ball. So if we put our defense in bad situations, it could be a long afternoon next week. I agree. I agree. And I think the first thing on defense we got to do, we got to put that pressure on Breeze. We got to put the pressure on them. But another thing we got to do is with Kamara and, and Murray, we got to bring these guys down. We have to storm the football. And that's something that this defense has to do a better job of. Because if a guy slips a tackle, we need somebody right there to bring the person down. Right. And the thing is, we can't be slipping no tackles like this, man. We, we're doing too much of that, uh, you know, mistackling uh, these past couple of weeks. We got to clean that up for sure. Yep. Exactly, man. Exactly. Well, I was going to say this, man. These are my little final thoughts here. And, and like we said in, in episode 10, no more excuses. No. I don't, I don't want to hear any more naggy telling us that we got to fix the offense, that we need to run the ball more. I don't want to hear that. Me just, like, just do it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm going to say this. You can't keep trotting the same guys out that aren't getting shit done. It's the definition of insanity. Everybody knows what that is. You can't keep doing it, right? I agree. And I was going to say this. I know the defense, those guys are professionals. But you can't lose a 5-2 and two football team because you are a one-dimensional football team, meaning you only have a defense and your offense can't get shit done. So it's time to try something different on offense because this game was over in the third quarter and it shouldn't have been. We were only down by two scores, but our offense is that terrible that I know our fans all knew that that shit was a wrap. Right. Three points is not going to cut it. No, and we shouldn't be harping on our defense for being responsible having to score points, but that's where we're at. And that it, it reminds me of that Lovey Smith era where those defensive players knew, hey, we got to score like two touchdowns for us to win this game. Right. We did. Yeah, that's what that was the goal, really. On the Lovey is like, hey, we got to score. Exactly. It was no if and or buts about it, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Man, well, those days, those days there. Man. Well, listeners, we're five and two, but I will tell you this. As a Bear fan, I think that we're still in good shape, but we are a flawed football team, a very flawed football team. And I hope that this loss has woken this team up. I hope that Ryan Pace goes and takes that play sheet away from fucking Matt Nagy. Wishful thinking, but I really hope that that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm over it, bro. But I'll say this, man. We're five and two, and as long as Nagy can just get us some sort of a, a competent offense, I don't even care. It doesn't even have to be a high-flying offense. Something that complements this defense, I think we'll be in a good spot, man. I agree with that. And again, what you shared there, we still, like you said, five and two. We're not done yet. We are not done yet. So right now, to a lot of Bears fans, it may look like the sky is falling. No, it isn't. We're just five and two. We got a chance. Yep, we definitely have a chance. Hey, Doug, before we get out of here, man, I want to do a quick little uh, rundown on our uh, contest for the Allen Robinson Autograph Football. We're, this is the last week of the contest. Um, I wanted to do a quick rundown of our top three. We got Mitchell Galloway, who's leading up. He's got 107 points. In awesome. second, Yep. In second place, we got Doug Cole and Cousin Heidi that are tied for second, they have 100 points. And then in third place, we got the VP of Salsa Verde, one of the, the best names I've heard on Twitter. She's in third place with 99 points. So okay. my thing is this, Mitch Galloway, he's trying to pull away with this thing, man. This guy, I'm going to tell you, I, I, I joked with him earlier on Twitter. I said, you like the Steph Curry 
of this contest because you just don't miss. He's got every <laughs> he's got every question correct. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Mitch, shout out to you, man. Go ahead and bring it home. But listen, don't do the Atlanta Falcon shit, man, because he's up right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't blow it. Don't blow it, Mitch. <laughs> uh, we we want to run out a quick question to you guys because we want to reward uh, listeners of this podcast for this contest. So we're giving out a three-point bonus question. Uh, we want to know, and you guys' viewpoints, what the Bears could have done differently to win the ball game today. So when we post out the uh, new episode alert on Twitter tomorrow, write down under that what your thoughts on what the Bears could have done better to to win. We want to kind of get you guys' thoughts, and we also want to reward you guys for listening to the pod. So thanks for listening. Thank you guys for your support. A-Dub, go ahead and sign us off. Thanks for listening to the Barry Centers podcast. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. On next week's episode, we will recap the Week 8 matchup against the Saints. Bear Nation, come bear down with us. Peace.